Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Oh, one weekend, 2021, and there's already noise, there's already chaos, there's already a remnant, if you would, of, uh, or residue <laughs> pouring into the new year uh, from a tumultuous 2020. And with that being said, I am really excited to be introducing this week's incredible guests and my dear friends, Mr. Mike Klein and Miss Adika James. So Mike and Adika describe themselves as analyzers of life. Um, they both have a passion to impact the world in meaningful ways by changing the conversations we're having around mental health. They believe everyone deserves a happy brain and they're on a mission to make this vision a reality using their new venture, uh, yourpetbrain.com which I posted a picture of my brain that I received from them uh, on Instagram. So if you want to see what a brain looks like, um, go check that out. But uh, yourpetbrain.com is the home of a cuddly, huggable brain with a purpose. And I named mine Squish, which you're going to hear a lot of on this episode. Brain is on a mission to create a million happy brains with 50% of all profits going towards bringing the best mental health resources and edutainment to the world. Ultimately, the goal is to make mental health something cool to talk about because it is. So I, I wanted this specific episode to go live uh, this week because I've been seeing and all of us have really been experiencing how mental health is a growing problem in our modern world. It's a problem that continues to grow as we factor in the challenges of a global pandemic and the shifts in the way that we live in with all of the noise and the chaos on online and the media and just everything that's happening. It's just my brain has been going crazy. I imagine everyone else's brains have been going crazy. And we're seeing issues such as loneliness, depression, stress, anxiety just rise out of control. So uh, in this episode, I, I really, really, really appreciated having Mike and Adika go deep down the rabbit hole to talk a lot about how the brain works, how to support your own mental health, and how we can learn to create space and safety inside of a noisy environment the importance of feeling at home in your own body as you're learning to navigate the conversations with your mind, how a sense of belonging ties into safety and how we can create that sense of belonging within ourselves, why kindness and humor can diffuse challenging situations and spark meaningful conversations. I, I, I love Mike and Adika. I've had so many conversations going down the rabbit hole with these two on just the very topic of brain health, on the very topic of how we can create more mindfulness and and and, and use practices like meditation to create space, how to have more compassion for our squishy little friends upstairs so that we can learn to befriend the brain instead of always trying to transcend it or shut it down or fight against it how we can learn to manage our fight or flight responses, especially in a, in a, in a time where, where the noise just isn't stopping. Like, I think we all sort of had this, maybe I did, maybe I had this unrealistic expectation. Hey, we're going into a new year. There's going to be a lot of momentum, a lot of energy, and the world is going to come back and just 
fall in line with that idea. But, you know, that's not always realistic. And I'm still committed to having the best year of my life. <laughs> I am absolutely committed. And that means that we have to change the way that we approach conversations with around mental health and change the way that we look at chaos altogether. And I think this conversation with Mike and Annika was so helpful for me and such an amazing reminder to really tap into that power we all have to change the conversations we have with ourselves. So enjoy this conversation. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes or any of the podcast apps. All that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it falls straight into your inbox. Let us know how this episode reached you. Leave me a comment on my squish, on my squish image on um, on Instagram to let me know how this episode reached you in meaningful ways. And uh, just be kind to yourselves. Be kind to your neighbors. It's a it's a stressful time to be alive with all this stuff happening. And so just be kind. That's all I can really say. But all right, guys. Without further ado, here is the amazing Mr. Mike Klein and Miss Adiga James. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you guys are all great. I know this is not a video podcast, but if you saw what I was squishing right now, you guys would be in awe. Uh, I'm squishing a giant brain that is the brainchild of two of my favorite human beings, Mike and Adika. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Raj. Thanks for bringing your brain. Thanks for... Uh, my brain is here. This this squishy <laughs> little guy is here and he's got big bulging eyes and he is staring at us as we talk about, I think, uh, a really important conversation to sort of enter into 2021 with. You know, we 2020 was such a tumultuous year for so many where we were really challenged by forces outside of us, which forced a lot of noise from this squishy little guy. So I'd love to kind of just start with the idea of you know, our minds and the role that our minds play in our day-to-day lives. So can you guys sort of talk a little bit about, one, why are you guys so fascinated with the brain and, and why the brain over some of the other organs like the heart or anything else that that sort of may sort of tie into the idea of living a, a fun, fulfilling and loving life? It's actually interesting. This strikes me that I never talked publicly about the environment that I grew up in, it's something that we just kind of dealt with. I felt like I was cared for pretty well. But as I grew into adulthood, I started to really notice how much I struggled with managing my brain, managing my thoughts, managing my emotions, managing anxiety. And I saw these patterns starting to build up in me that led to a sense of not even knowing who I was, sometimes feeling like I was riding this animal, like riding this body creature that was kind of out of control. And I kept pulling back on the reins and wasn't really sure what was going on. The more I looked at what was happening, at first I looked at myself and I felt my, my instant reaction was there's something wrong with me. There's got to be something wrong with me because the world doesn't feel safe. And I didn't want to look backwards, but at a certain point, I, I kind of started to deconstruct what was happening in me. And it led back to recognizing that both of my parents were really suffering. It's very clear to me now. My dad suffers from a, a mental disorder that's pretty tricky that I understand now is kind of puts him in a living hell, but it's very challenging for a child because realities are switching on a regular basis. My mom um, has been pretty suicidally depressed at different points of her life. This was something that always felt like it needed to be fixed. I was put into treatment when I was seven years old for 
having suicidal behavior. And I remember at the time, I was just curious about death. I don't remember having dark feelings, but I remember feeling an acute awareness of it around me and nobody would talk about it. Fast forward, these, I, I ended up expressing, I think, a lot of what was in my environment and reflecting what was in my environment. And I took that on and it became part of my wiring. And that led to some really beautiful things that I, I love and I love about myself. Like um, art is something that I use therapeutically for a while. I just had to get all these emotions out. But it's become one of the greatest gifts of experience that I, I love creating it. I love enjoying it. I love engaging with people through it. It got to a certain point where I, I just couldn't register that I could be born broken and do something about myself. And the more I started to understand how we develop behaviors, how we develop facts and truths and how those perceptual facts and truths wire in our mind, it suddenly struck me that, holy crap, I'm not my brain. I have, mm. know that I have a healthy whole brain inside of me just waiting to come out. And my relationship with my brain is one where I don't, I'm not a safe place for my brain and my brain is a safe place for me because I'm constantly fighting with myself. If I let myself believe that I'm broken and that got me really curious about what is the brain? How does the brain work? And in my adult years, I started to have some, it felt like early senility. My brain would go offline. I get brain fog. I wouldn't be able to do basic math. And as an entrepreneur and an artist and not always successful at any of those things, it became really freaky. So I ended up getting some brain scans. And what they found was that in a resting state, my brain is what he called beautiful. There's healthy blood flow. But under cognitive load, when I was working, when I was thinking, I had holes in my brain similar to a drug addict, um, where there's literally no blood flow happening to some pretty key areas. And when I was looking at this, I holy crap. And of course, I'm having brain fog if this part of my brain is shutting down when I'm under cognitive load and what's happening such that when I go into a stress mode, everything shuts down. So it's a lot of different conversations, but I, I just saw that. And I realized I have this organ inside my body that is doing its very best to serve and house me. And it's sending messages to this body creature that I ride, this animal literally that I ride. It's taking messages from my brain and it's responding the way that it thinks makes sense. So if my brain sees something out there, there is a similar pattern as something that caused me pain or damaged me in the past. It sends all the signals to my body that are appropriate to handle that. Release the cortisol, tense the muscles, prepare to run away. So I can be walking through life with a brain that's recognizing something that isn't actually happening now, but it's telling my body to respond as if it is. And so I'm now feeling all the feels of this body, feeling all the chemicals that are being released and, and trying to find what that could be related to. And this led to challenges in relationships that were repeating challenges and challenges in intimacy, challenges in my relationship with myself. So being able to look at that brain scan was definitely a big shift point for me to recognize this is what I'm working with. So the best thing I can do is learn about it, understand it and learn how I can take care of this and also understand that everything my brain believes is true may not be what's actually happening. I love that. And I, I love the idea of your brain being whole, but under a stress state or under a perceived threat against the external world, it turns certain parts of it off, which then causes you to believe that you're broken or something's wrong, but really you're in a stress state. So how do you begin to sort of separate yourself and really lean into that idea that you are not your brain? Because I love that idea, that idea of me not being my brain me not being this thing that's 
like creating that sense of separation. Like, what does that actually look like? What does that journey actually feel like for somebody who may actually be in a stress state a lot of times, like whether it's because of COVID, whether it's because of the political climate, whether it's because of the economy or relationship dynamics. I mean, there's so many triggers that can cause our brains to be very squishy and, <laughs> and, 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 and I for, yeah, it's just really squishy. So like what, what can we do to, to build a healthier relationship or a, a sense of sort of companionship with, with, with the squishy little fellow upstairs? I'm almost hesitant to use this word because it's so powerful, but I think it's been overmarketed in some ways, but practicing and learning how to do awareness. And it starts with just noticing the thoughts that are going through your mind and starting with the question, who is watching the thoughts, right? Mm. Who is watching the thoughts? Because I think we've all had that experience where you're trying to fall asleep and your brain just won't stop, stop chattering. And there's this part of you that's like, eh, shut up. I just need to go to sleep. <laughs> Who's that person, right? Who's that person that hears a really snarky comment come into your mind, a judgmental comment when you see someone and goes, oh, I don't like seeing that in myself, right? Who's hearing these thoughts? I don't have an answer for that, right? But there, it's in order, in order to perceive something, you must be other than something. Well, why don't you try answering or Mike, I don't know if you've got perspectives on that. Like who is, if, if in order to observe something, there has to be the thing being observed and the observer. So if we're going to a space where we want to, if we, if we are prescribing to this idea that we are not our brain, who is the one observing? Yeah. I, as you were speaking that, I think that who are you? And I think of the character <laughs> from Alice in Wonderland as, as we're saying that, but to indirectly, answer the first kind of question. <laughs> Awareness is what enables neural rewiring, right? It's the behavior change that occurs when our brains change. And you know, yeah. science has been able to, to understand the brain a whole lot more in the last 20 years than it has in the past several hundreds of years. You know, the idea of you know, neurogenesis and, you know, and neurons regrowing, how does that work? I mean, the brain is the least understood organ in the human body, and it's difficult to try to work on something that you don't fully understand. You know, in psychiatry and kind of the, the divisions of mental health haven't been able to scientifically study kind of individual neural connections and firings because we don't have the tools yet. We're just not high enough resolution tools. So a lot of what we're doing still just kind of globally is um, sort of poking at the brain with a stick yet and <laughs> saying, how does this work? What's going on here? But increasing one's awareness and, and that's really done by giving space, right? So we talk about meditation or other mindfulness-like practices. They all kind of enable space for us to just be a little kinder to our brains instead of shoving massive amounts of data through them, which unfortunately is kind of where technology has... Uh, has gone, right? We've just increased the data load on our brains and our entire body systems. And that's kind of at the root of the challenges that I think most people end up facing. When I think of like, you know, space, I think a lot about safety. When I feel like I've got space, I feel like I've got room to breathe. And inside of that space, I, I feel this sense of like, all right, I can rest. And just in this conversation, I'm realizing that's how you return to that whole state. So like, what does uh, the idea of safety? So let's say you're getting on this journey, building awareness. 
how do you actually create safety inside of a very chaotic, noisy environment? Like, right, there's that sense of space and separation. Like, what does that journey look like? Like actually creating space? You answer that and then I'll give you the science version of it. Perfect. (laughs) I I love this. It's like the feeling, like getting into like, just like, like that. And then we have the, the G, like, it's just, I love love both of you. Thank you both for existing. (laughs) Just gosh. (laughs) Love love you so much, Raj. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I love that you brought up safety. I think that a lot of us have been born into a world where there's way more information and decision-making that the physical, like the brain that we have to work with is really designed to handle. And so it's, it's advancing rapidly. Learning how to work with emotions as part of the human experience versus shove them down or get them to go away or just try to get happy does create a container where we stop being a safe place for ourselves. We haven't really been taught in our culture how to work with emotions as part of the human experience because they are part of the human experience. They're information. They're sending us information that there's something wrong here, or this is uncomfortable. I need you to listen. And a lot of times if you're feeling anxiety or panic or fear, where it's not convenient to do that, like you're in a classroom or you're at work, you just kind of shove it away and you get frustrated, like go away, just bring it down. And what you get is a lot of frozen emotions inside of you. that are actually information of your body trying to process what's going on. And so in that sense, we stop being a safe place for ourselves. You know, there's, there's literally like a primary consciousness in our body that's trying to send messages through the language of emotions. And our, our cognitive mind is, is saying, well, stop, that's not, that's not convenient. And so there's this battle. And particularly if we weren't born into a family where we had a sense of safety, where we had a sense of unconditional love, we felt like... We had some period in our early development where we didn't have to worry about safety. It was just mom was there, dad was there, someone was there. If we don't have a reference point, then we have to really find that within ourselves. And Mm. the best way that I found as a reference point for that, and I'm still working on it, is to think about the, the word home and the meaning of home and what home is. And for me to find that, it's a feeling. I used to think it was a place. Then I thought it was a person. And then I realized that kind of made me a little codependent. And I, I have come to realize that for me, home is a place that is a feeling inside me. And it has to come from within me. And the only way I can feel it is to clear my mental space. When, when I get overwhelmed, when I'm, when I'm trying to solve a problem, I find that most of the anxiety that makes me feel unsafe is because my mind is either in the future or the past. I'm thinking about everything that's going to happen and how I'm going to handle it, what am I going to do, or I'm thinking about all these things that caused suffering in the past. And when you're in that activated state, that triggered state, you're not going to solve any problems. So the, like, the simplest tool that's been so powerful for me, even the last six months, is to catch when I'm in that activated state. And, I, and it seems like the best thing to do is just to keep going and to keep thinking and trying to solve it. But it's to go quiet and to really bring myself into just a, a clearing the mental space so there is no thought, there is no nothing. And the body will follow. And I've, I've started to build a muscle of safety. I'm starting to get a stronger and stronger sense of what feels like home within me. And I'll literally do this if I'm having a conversation. Say, Mike, we work together. We live together. Partnership. It can be really triggering for me. And I feel this trigger. I want to react. And I'll just literally close my eyes and breathe and try to clear my mind. 
like just cleared of any thoughts, any responses, any anything, and find that sense of safety within because I can't rely on anyone else to make that for me. Mm. When you said the feeling of home, I had to close my eyes and almost like reconnect with, with my own home. Can you describe the feeling to the best of your ability? Like what does, what does home feel like? Oh man, you ask good questions. (laughs) Expansive. Held. Playful, free, free to be me, free to bring all the wackiness and weirdness out, seen, respected, joy, warmth, love, togetherness. Mm. But the togetherness is a togetherness with the place and time that I am now, as I am now. Presence. The idea of presence. Like just, I've been really playing with this idea of presence where I feel like anytime my mind is actually active, it's because it's either in the future or it's bringing something from the future into the present moment, or it's bringing something from the past into the present moment, but it's all still happening in the present moment. So when you just breathe and you sort of let like all the noises up here, and then you just drop in to what's truly present in this moment. All that's left is home. All that's left is is here. It's now. There's there's no saber tooth tiger chasing you. There's no there's no yes. There's maybe issues in the world. There's there's noise, but in this moment, all there is is home, and there's no immediate threat to your survival you're not like there's a it's almost like you're returning to this this expansive space of no time like there's no time like there's a there's a there's a return to just this moment and this truth and we all have that that is where we do our best problem solving it's not from the state of urgency because when you're calm and you're home now you can now you can feel on the way that you can hear. And that's almost like like once you return there, you have this opportunity to come back up to your brain with love. Then this thing becomes this 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 squishy little little guy over here becomes this like an ally almost like a because your brain's like let's let's talk about how expansive the brains can be. Like the brain is an absolute powerful tool for creation for manifestation for visualizing dreams and possibilities and but it's when it's in that in that almost stress state that it becomes something that causes suffering but it's like when you can just come home and then so it's like you're almost like bringing your brain into your home and in a lot of ways like that is the actual idea and that is totally the idea of this project you know the pet brain project is literally like if brain came out of your head, it sat in front of you, and it was this anthropomorphized creature. I can say that word correctly. That's great. <laughs> That's probably the biggest word I've heard all year, Mike. So, like, hey, giving you, I'm, I'm sending you a little high five through the screen right now because <laughs> I still don't, I don't even know what that means, but I'm gonna. I, it just feels right. It feels right. <laughs> well, there's, uh, there's so much of Japanese culture that does this. It, it is half Japanese. And it's about bringing things to life. 
you know, and, and that's what we did with this little, you know, with the creature, this, this plush brain. And the idea is that you now can have this external relationship with your brain and you can really lean into loving on your brain. And in the moments of recognizing that, it can help pull you into the present. Right? And it is about being aware. Am I in the present? Am I in the past? Like you talked about just a second ago. And it is that awareness that really can allow us to achieve those flow states, which is really, I think, what, what you described. You know, when we are home, I like to think of flow as I am a surfer standing on a surfboard on a wave. And I am the surfer. I am the surfboard. And I am the wave. I am all three of those things that is moving in a harmony. Not that I am in control of any one of them, but I am the forces of all of them. That is such a good analogy. I love, I've always, the, the idea, the ocean's always calmed me. And, and I was really thinking about like, why does the ocean calm me so much? And, I, and for me, it's always been like, when I'm sitting there looking at the waves, it's like the stark reminder that even if I'm sleeping, the waves are crashing. Even if I'm awake, the waves are crashing. It's like this I, this reminder that, wow, life is happening. Life is, is life. I'm, life is not happening like in my world. Like life is just happening. I happen to be <laughs> in life, right? So this, even that idea of breaking it out is like me, the surfboard, and then the waves just really resonates with me because it creates space. It's, it's back to creating that space. Not that, I feel like our brains, especially when we're children, we, you know, we're such egocentric beings. We, we, we tend to make everything mean something about ourselves. Like if mom didn't give me love, why are primitive, beautiful, childlike brains with curiosity ask that question, but without a prefrontal cortex, it becomes about survival. Yeah. And it's like, why didn't mom give me that hug? Well, it's probably because I'm not enough. I need to go achieve and do all these things and go get all these awards and be super talented and learn to play the piano and be this like multi-talented, amazing human. Ah, ah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> you know, like it just... Overload for you, Squish. Overload for you. What if and we can like, catch that, you know? Right. And and just take it, instead of getting mad, just like literally pull it out of our head and go, what's going on? Like, how do you work exactly? <laughs> what's up? Because and it's a I, lot. <laughs> and I, I love that. Like, as I'm actually like holding on to Squish right now, like I'm literally looking at his big, bulbous, beautiful eyes. And like, I, I am, I am just like, I could totally see if I'm stressed, especially now with all of us working from home, right? Like most of us have, like, we're, we're working through laptops. Like we're, we're in home. We're in this like state of where work relationship, your own personal health, everything's kind of in one space. Like having this reminder is just so awesome. Cause literally when I'm in this stress state, I can just look at it and be like, Oh, it makes a great laptop yeah. desk, by the way. He's a pillow. He's That's great. That. He's, he's, the best hug he's very versatile. He really, really thought through that design. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I want to talk about like just the idea of, of belonging, right? Cause I think when we, when we think about safety, we, we come back to this idea of belonging and, and, and it, there's like this shared experience where we all have a brain, we all have a home. We're all surfing on the same waves they may be different size waves for different people, but at the end of the day, it's still water. It's still coming from the earth. So there's this shared experience. So how does a sense of belonging actually tie into a sense of safety? Well, I think if you look at how humans operate, we're pack animals. It's one of the most beautiful things about us 
And it's also one of the things that I think we forgot was beautiful. We, like we're pretty pathetic mm. in the wild. We have no teeth. We have no claws. We don't really have a lot of fur or hair. The only way we can... I have teeth. I can... Yeah. <laughs> You're not gonna like two of anything open. And I've got a pretty good head of hair over here, <laughs> so like let's just let's just let's just not throw shade on 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 us. <laughs> All right. Well, that hair is not gonna hunt you down a gazelle, probably. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Beauty, though. <laughs> Who is this handsome creature? <laughs> Oh. I hunt with my handsomeness. <laughs> I hunt with my handsomeness. But we we really like we're wired to be rewarded when we are in when when we're working together. And I think there's probably very few people that made an, a piece of art or wrote something or did something and went, I don't want anybody in the world to see this. You know, we make things to share and to be seen because it's it creates this experience of experience that makes experience so beautiful is sharing different flavors and sounds and sights and emotions and you know something that we all share is that we're all human we all have brains and that's a big part of what we created brain who really want he's a flagship product for a lifestyle brand that reminds everyone that whatever you and your brain are going through you are part of team human period and we're all in this together there are people out there who care and want to help. It's our nature. We really love helping each other. And there's a certain point where we have to start trusting each other. And I think that starts with trusting ourselves, finding a sense of home within myself. So I'm not walking around on guard all the time. I feel like I can handle what's coming up. And I, I don't have a fear of losing faith in humanity of one person when hurt person is hurting me. So it's, you know, I think it's so beautiful that we're wired to want to share things with each other, but somehow along the way in Western evolution in particular, we have shifted from celebrating each other to idolizing with each other, you know, like or putting competing. or competing with each other and competition's great. Competition's super fun. We, we form teams and play games against each other because it's fun, because it helps all of us see what we're made of and it helps us celebrate each other. But it's, it's almost become this weird culture right now where if you're too anything, if you're too good, if you're too pretty, if you're too smart, if you're too weird, you kind of you're isolated because you might be put up on a pedestal. And now everyone's expecting you to be this perfect version that they imagine you should be. Sports players, athletes, celebrities, this is why they have meltdowns is because someone's either too vegetarian or not vegetarian enough, you know, but they're like, I'm just being me doing my thing. And if you do one thing now on, on this pedestal that doesn't appeal to hundreds of thousands of millions of people, they'll start talking and they'll start talking about you instead of really celebrating, like, look at this person with this incredible gift. And if we were all as a planet going into the galactic Olympics and we were going to send the very best of our humans in any one talent, we would celebrate that dancer. We would celebrate that chess player. We would celebrate all of these people representing all of us. But well, That's how the Olympics are, right? I mean, the Olympics, we send the best in every sport to compete. And we're proud of that. And, you know, I think one thing I've been really dancing with recently is like, and cause you can't, I've been realizing you can't really change the way that the world perceives you. Like, I mean, that, that's, that's a, that's a heavy burden to bear in, in any sense. What I have been able for at least this guy to bear, my squish cannot bear that. So, you know, I, I have changed squish. Okay, yes. Perfect. That's, that's his name. <laughs> squish. Gets to be super squishy. <laughs> and he is very squishy. <laughs> My squishy little friend. But I, I have really, at least for me, 
have sort of changed it from, you know, do I, the need to be perfect, the need to be excellent to the desire to be excellent, the desire to, to, cause I, I think changing the energy of it and making it more fun and making it more playful and making it more light. And then you really finding that, that sense of, of worthiness within yourself and not having it need to depend on anything outside of you, like really just really feeling that inherent sense of worth for just being alive, I think has been such a important journey for me, which has then allowed me to see others who are competing or seeing others who are shining and, and being able to really celebrate them in their natural state. It's, it's, it's almost like you're changing the, it's, it's fear versus love, right? Like, you know, I think the, the brain in it's very primitive, natural state. It's, 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 it's protective. It's, it's trying to protect. It's doing its best job to protect, but protection even has this, 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 this element of fear underneath it. When we can bring it home, douse it with love and, and help it realize that, hey, these walls don't really need to exist. Like, you don't have to have rule sets to make you a good person. You just are. You just are inherently whole and wonderful and beautiful. And I think that's that connective thread for me that allows me to, to really experience a sense of belonging and allow people in and be okay with looking vulnerable. And it's an inside job. Like, I think that's 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 what makes this so wonderful. Like, your journeys are uniquely your journeys, but we're all headed to the same place. We're all walking each other home in the words of the late Ram Das, you know, and it's always been, that's been one of the most like important reminders for me, at least over the last year of just really remembering that I am worthy as I am. And when my, when Squish acts up and, and something triggers Squish to think anything otherwise, it's returning to that place. And then from there, allowing a sense of belonging, not just to the world around me, but to myself. Kindness, you know, you're being kind to yourself. And I think kindness and humor are the antidote to fear. Humor walks us home. Kindness walks Mm. us home. And when you look around, if you really consider this, look at the next person who is abrasive to you at the grocery store or who bumps into you and just kind of knocks you out of the way on the street. You just observe them like, the thing that I keep observing is like, I, I don't think that person, that person's struggling, you know, that person doesn't, they're, they're on a mission. They're trying to get somewhere and they're, they've lost touch with how to be kind to each other because there's, there seems like there's a lack of kindness with self. There's some mission mode or have to be. And, you know, one of the best ways to diffuse any kind of negative energy coming at you is just to respond with kindness you know, it's like when somebody throws a punch and there's nothing there and they fall forward. Yeah, I just like it, it's it humors another one. If you can laugh, it's going to be OK. There's so much power in humor. That's why we love funny like DreamWorks and Pixar has these really amazing movies like Inside Out, Trolls 2, which approaches discrimination. Like they approach these heavier topics, but they just make it really hilarious comedians can touch on stuff that's super politically incorrect, but we all laugh because it's so true. If you can wrap in a container of humor, we can have conversations that are really kind of like the meta layer that unites us all because it is funny being human. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Giant <laughs> cosmic <laughs> joke. <laughs> the lie silly please. little humans what? forgetting, silly little humans forgetting that we're gods. <laughs> oh. We're hilarious. Like we're, we're 
we're so proud. We're such proud creatures. We're such small creatures. And we just think we're so important. And it's and we're like little ants scuttling around, like trying to be so it's just hilarious the shit that we build and that we break and we, you know, it's like <laughs> Have you guys seen uh have you guys seen Soul? Yeah, so good. Isn't it isn't it great? Oh my gosh, I watched it over the this past weekend and I had tears at the end of the movie. It was I'm not going to spoil it for anybody listening. In fact, if you're if you're listening to this episode, you should definitely watch Soul. Just make that a priority cuz it that I think the reason I was in tears when I watched that movie is cuz it reminded me of the simplicity of the human experience. Like it's not meant to be crazy. It's not like all this worry that Squish has about looking for purpose and looking for passion and trying to figure all that stuff out. And if you're not doing it right, you're not doing it right. And someone else is doing it better. And I need to be this and I need to be that. But when you break down the simplicity of being human, it is truly just presence. It's, it's, it's being present with what is. It's the leaves falling down from the sky. It's the, the music that you're listening to. It's the connection that you have with the person in front of you. It's, in presence, there is no fear. There is purely love. There is just the default state. And when the dust settles, all there is is belonging, safety, and love. Nail it, nail it, nail it, Raj. <laughs> Cliff Note version. I just, I just, if, if that didn't sell the damn movie, I'm not sure. Yeah, right. so. And it's really fun to watch. <laughs> and it's totally fun to watch because really it's just playful. And- we, have, we have a phrase that we've been using recently, um, or maybe I've been using a lot, is um, skip to the end. You know, I'm looking at mm. like the work that we do is in mental health. It's in communication. It's in whole human healing. You know, we're both such analyzers that we can get lost in the analysis of this stuff. And it struck me, you know what? At the end of the day, whether you're trying to figure out how to get your financial situation in a position where you're safe or your relationships or whatever you're trying to figure out that seems so stressful, the goal probably is to get it all sorted out so you can just enjoy your life, right? So you can have fun and you can feel abundant and free. So if the point of all of this is just to enjoy the people and our families and our, and our homes, then like, let's just skip to the end. And even though we're not where it could go, it's never going to go anywhere but here. And, and this is all I have right now. So like, I want to enjoy this because I'm doing all this work to enjoy that. But it, all I have is right now. So let me just enjoy the process of figuring this out. Have fun with it. Find a humor in it. Even if it has to be dark humor. <laughs> kind of, whatever works. Whatever, whatever's going to get you through it. Like I, I had a very important mentor of mine share this perspective with me last year when I was going through a, a tough time with all the deaths and everything in the family. Like He was like, Raj, you don't really need to understand what's happening. You just get to experience it. That simple shift from need to to get to was such an important anchor for me. And and I've been really leaning into that with everything now. Like, I don't need to do this. I get to do it, even if it's and and doing my best. Because that's always been what brings me back here. Like, we get to be alive. We get to we get to be present. We get to be in our homes and we get to bring humor. We, We get to make this experience whatever we want to make it. And I think a lot of times we forget that choice, right? Like we forget that power that we have as conscious sovereign beings to, to, to make a choice about what's happening in this moment. And, and, you know, and I think that's why I love the work that you guys are doing so much. You're, you're reminding people of that choice to look at Squish and just say, Hey, 
what's going on? <laughs> are we are we choosing this experience or are you just kind of running on an outdated little little rule set that you learned years ago? Like, you know, it's 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 you're introducing a playful energy of appreciation and choice to something that can feel so daunting at times and so so overwhelming in many ways. And I can introduce it. Let me add one piece there for the, you said something there, just another way to say it is that life is happening for us versus to us. And I think the, the concept that it's happening to us emerges when the data overload is present, when you can't sort of keep up with all of the stimulus and you're bouncing into the future, back into the past, you're unable to kind of stay present. And it, finding the right tools that work for you as an individual to maintain that balance is like the key, key part of the process. Yeah. Mm. yeah and that's, I mean, that's a lot of uh, what, you know, I think having a physical object that is your brain to look at that's ridiculous and makes you smile is really helpful to go, okay, well, what do you need? Those things are a little wacky. So do you need a hug? Do you need the right foods? What's happening? What am I giving you for foods? Um, do you need the right people to talk openly with? Like, how can I help you find these things that you need? Because you're part of me, but I am not you. Mm. And, and so that kind of helps ask questions Ooh. when you can look at something. You can ask, you can start asking questions in a way that you wouldn't. I love that, that you just framed it. It was so beautiful. You're a part of me, but I am not you. That is such a powerful reframe and way to love yourself and choose to be better. It's like a beautiful dance. Like I've always really felt like self-love is that delicate dance of I am enough as I am and I get to be better. That's the wonderful dance. And, and somewhere in that middle space is home. And being able to kind of walk down whatever path you want is, is, is that space of expansiveness. And so right, let's talk about some of the work you're doing, actually, and how you guys are using this as an entry point, really, a wonderful entry point into a bigger conversation, uh, a, more, a more practical, even tool set for individuals to build a healthier relationship with, with uh, the squishy guy upstairs. Yeah, so Brain started as a cartoon character I was drawing to kind of process things my own and brain sort of has the personality of really lovable, but awkward golden retriever. This one's bonking in a thing. <laughs> the mouth is running and the brain's like, stop talking, stop. And just, you know, ridiculous things. And it was Mike's idea to actually turn brain into something. And we thought it would be hilarious to have a giant huggable plushy brain because um, we are adults who travel around with giant, ridiculous plushies. <laughs> because we get so serious all the time. It's just like, we've got one, the inspiration for brain is, um, is it's called Boson, and he's just ridiculous looking. And every time I'm stressing out, I, I see him on the couch and I'm like, okay, everything's okay because that exists. And <laughs> <laughs> we thought it'd be hilarious to turn into a giant, like luxury plush comfort toy. But the big picture with brain is to really use him as a flagship product for a whole line of different memes and cartoons and stories and products um, that all send the message that you are not broken and you are not your brain. You have a healthy whole brain inside of you waiting to come out and there's people out there who care. To use that to really turn them into a lifestyle brand, kind of like a Hello Kitty with more meaning, where when you see someone who's got a brain on their shirt or a brain phone holder, whatever it is, there's this understanding that, oh, we're in this together. 
you're on the same ride as me because being human is, is tricky. You know, I don't think there's anybody who could say, okay, being human's a breeze, right? And we're all in this together. And um, we have yourpetbrain.com where you can get brain. And then he also leads to howtotrainyourbrain.com. And that's where we really want to drive is. So 50% of all the profits go towards supporting the very best mental health resources and tools and programs that we can find out there because there's a ton of them, but finding the right one for you can be really tricky. So we kind of want to curate what we think is the most actionable and digestible um, as well as some more in-depth partnerships. So people can go to howtotrainyourbrain.com and find a community of people who operate like them, which is probably everyone in some extent and start connecting in a way that starts with play and where we can keep having fun along the way, whatever you're suffering with. You know, we've had incredible conversations on Facebook, just in our soft launch with brain of people showing up to each other. Somebody um, shared their brain scans where, you know, half of their brain is not working properly. We've had people write into us about other people that they'd seen in the thread who wanted to have a brain, but couldn't afford it. And they had to go off some of their medications. They were struggling so much. And this person asked, um, how can I send a brain to that person? So it's so beautiful what we're seeing happening. And our hope when we launched brain was that number one, people would get it. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. And number two, it would start to create a sense of belonging and people would bring their input and their stories without any kind of shame for what they're going through in a, in a safe container. So kind of going back to that sense of safety, it's been really, really fun to see people share some really personal stuff, but not in a heavy or attacking way, just really seeing that they're getting the message that, oh, well, we're all kind of like having something that's tricky. Here's mine. Any thoughts? <laughs> but it's all coming from the container of here's my, here's my brain Nemo. Like my Nemo does this. And then sometimes when I'm trying to fall asleep, Nemo won't stop chattering. So there's something really supportive about separating the sense of me from your brain and being able to speak openly that my pet brain is doing this thing. And by the way, its name is this. I remember uh, once I opened up my brain, I got to fill out a little form that kind of let me actually have a very personal experience with the different things that my brain may be like specifically overacting with, right? Like whether it's anxiety or sleep or anything like that. Like, so when you talk about personalization, what does that actually mean? Like when you're looking at personalized resources for, so let's say I go to howtotrainyourbrain.com or something like that, right? Like what is the idea of personal? Cause I think that there's overarching ideas, right? Like meditation, meditation is good for every brain, but the idea of personalizing a journey to almost have a, a more compassionate relationship with your brain is really interesting to me. So can you talk a little bit about what that actually looks like and, 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 and kind of how that journey exists? Okay. So just talking about like actionable and digestible tools is an example. Like how do you monitor your own progress when it comes to some of this stuff? You know, like HRV, heart rate variability. That is a simple wearable, like, like the aura ring does it, the, the, the armband does it. There's lots of tools that'll do what the Apple watch will. And you can start to look at some of these data points that'll really show you um, the balance between the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. Like what is that data load that your body is really processing, your brain is really processing and how does it shift over time? So how is the external world really actually affecting me? Some of these, these biometrics are easily, are easily available now. So helping educate people on these tools 
and it's not about getting obsessed about any single one of them. This is what we can, we can start bringing to the world. We can start having these dialogues of here's how you can look at yourself compassionately and track your progress and track what's really going on. You know, if the past, you know, several decades in kind of uh, food and, and health sciences, we've, we've swung from this, you know, all fat is bad kind of dietary structure, which screws up our biology, you know, in a lot of people to, you know, things like paleo and keto and everybody's unique and everybody's different. And um, trying to just remove that one size fits all framework um, is just a huge part of this, of this project. So the questionnaires, us trying to get the right partnerships, really developing that, um, and then having a community of brain lovers that help give us feedback on that stuff too. That's really what we're trying to curate as this whole thing evolves. And some of that, you know, as far as how are we going to start learning our audiences is through the style guide that we have, which is to open conversations with people, real conversations. We're just kind of getting this started now, but designing um, conversations we can have with them via email. Once they do the intake form, they name their brain and just send them little bite-sized emails that I think I would really enjoy getting personally that are fun and asking them questions like, does your brain ever behave this way? Or has your brain... Has your brain behaved this way in the last three days? And instead of labeling something like depression or anxiety, just give an image, you know, this cartoon little brain, like maybe bunny ears, and it's kind of going all over the place and it looks a little ADD um, to something, <laughs> a brain that's very sad, you know, so just give them a comic that they can click on. So, yeah. so then we can send them something that might help them today. If that's something they're going with, give them a resource of a group they might want to go talk with. Um, also, so we start to learn who are they, what do they really need and want, and we can start um, supporting that with real content that doesn't come at them, but is for them. And, and so this is the way that we want to start segmenting our list in a very open and conversational way so we can find what's really entertaining and delighting people. Because the whole mission of Brain is that Every single touch point, whether it's our website, whether it's an email you get from us, um, whether it's an article on how to train your brain, whether you buy a brain or not, you leave the site just a little bit happier or a little bit <laughs> yeah. more empowered. So everything is about just let's delight and entertain you and let's have fun figuring this out together. I love kindness and humor. And I, I, I just really appreciate everyone listening. I've already bought like six brains uh, and, and sent them to people that I know have extra squishy brains. Um, and uh, so I, I, I'm a huge fan of this idea of really bringing in, bringing so much love and compassion into a space that is so necessary. And I just really want to honor both of you because I know how hard you guys have worked on this project and I know how hard you guys have worked on yourselves and how much care you guys are bringing into um, such a beautiful way to meet people where they're at. And um, I'm just such a fan so if anybody wants to learn more about Brain, we'll keep all of these links available in the show notes so you guys can go get your pet brain or learn how to train your brain. But guys, I have one last question for you. In the midst of everything that you guys have been through, everywhere you want to go and everywhere you are right now, how do you stay grounded? I'm going to stay grounded. Laughter. I mean, that is mm. the number one thing for me is hanging out with friends and laughing. I mean, I do a lot of meditation as well. I use binaural beats on a pretty regular basis, the Beatfulness app. But just laughter with friends, I think, is like the best medicine. 
Erica, you're not off the hook. How do you stay grounded? <laughs> I talk so much. <laughs> Laughter is huge, and I'll find ways to make myself laugh. Like, even if I'm alone, I'll, like, make ridiculous noises as I'm brushing my teeth or something just to, like, bring that back up. Meditation is really helpful for me, and I do love apps that really help get into that state. He mentioned beatfulness mm. that we both really enjoy. And movement, movement in nature for me is so healing to go into that space of quiet and to feel smaller mm. than something um, is it's, it's like my body can go home when I give it mm. movement and some air and some sun and just let it be a body. Just let it be a creature. Yeah. It's, you know, I've really, this past year I've really reconnected and changed my relationship with nature. Living in the city, I don't get a chance to be in nature as much as I'd like to. And I just, I, I've, I feel like we are nature. So when we're going and spending time in nature, we're actually just going home. And so I love that you kind of brought that back. Um, guys, I, I love you guys so much. You guys are such, such incredible human beings. And I'm so grateful to call friends and family. And I just, my heart is so full for just the chance that I got right now to just stare at you beautiful souls for the past hour and just uh, I can't wait till the next time we're together and just petting each other's brains because that's what <laughs> family and friendship is all about. Um, but uh, everybody, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. These are your new friends, Mike and Adika. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.